So, I've talked many times on this channel uh, about why, you know, I became a fan. And I think it's been a while since I have, but, you know, why I've been a fan or why I became a fan of the Lustful Milk Gag, as TV Tropes put it, uh, puts it. And, you know, here's the thing. In case you guys don't know what Lustful Melt is, basically, as TV Tropes describes it, it is basically... Uh, visually, in animation and any other, you know, fictional uh, premise, it's basically where a male or a female that is so enamored, if you will, they're so enamored, attracted, uh, in love, if you will, with, you know, the opposite sex or the same sex, if you will, that they will literally melt into a puddle of goop. Literally, they they will literally become a puddle of goo, and I I remember seeing this, you know, my my history with it is, I remember seeing it for the first time, um, back when they had the Tom and Jerry, what was it, the Tom and Jerry Funhouse, the something that Super Funhouse, on TBS when it was still WTBS, and you know the Tom and Jerry Funhouse, the Super Funhouse was basically. A, a show, a variety show of cartoons that TBS would show, WTBS would show around um, 11 o'clock and noon or noon and 1 o'clock, basically for about an hour. And they would show everything from, you know, Looney Tunes to Hanna-Barbera to Woody Woodpecker to Casper to even Popeye. And I remember watching... Um, you know, one time as a kid, I think I was like six, seven years old uh, at the time. Well, actually, I probably was six. And Palais Vous Woo, I think that's how you appropriately say it. Palais Vous Woo uh, came on. And it was the 1956 theatrical short. And I remember watching it and getting a kick out of it. But what I really remember the most of was the ending. Where Popeye basically... Um, you know, ate his spinach for a second time, first time I've ever seen that. And he ended up, you know, you know, because he ate it, dressed, you know, being dressed up in this tuxedo suit that was very reminiscent of the international suit, uh, or the international's uh, suit, if you will. And I remember, you know, him doing that and then going up to Olive, kissing her on the hand, and next thing I know, I hear her say her line of, I'm just like butter in your hands. And next thing I know, I see her just, as she's saying that, melting into a running puddle of butter on the ground. And all that remains of her is just her smiling face, her smile in her eyes. And she's just flowing down, down the ground and everything. Um, now, if I want to go back and watch that, you know, I could just pop in the 75 years of Popeye DVD that I have. Or just go to my YouTube channel and... And watch the um, the scene, the clip itself, because I have it on there, um, you know, as we speak in different various, you know, resolutions and formats. Like, you know, I have it in, you know, regular uh, 480, I have it in uh, 1080p, I have it in 8K, I have it in 4K, you know, I have it available in different re uh, resolution formats that you can watch depending on the screen you have or the screen I have. So I remember watching, so I remember that being my first introduction to it. But then what was ironic is it wasn't that long after, uh, once again, I was watching The Fun House, 
and the Porky Pig cartoon Swooner, the Swooner, Crooner, Swooner, Crooner, uh, came out, and you know it was with you know Porky Pig, of course, and it was obviously based around World War Two, basically like you know bonds and everything, but they didn't really focus on that. Mainly, it was like you know. You know, these, you had these hens, these female hens that were laying eggs, and, you know, Porky being a farmer, an egg farmer, had to make sure they laid as much eggs as they could. And obviously it was, you know, for the war and all that. But I, I remember, I remember doing this, they had these two male chickens. Well, one male chicken and one male pigeon, if you will. Uh, that were obviously characterizations of Frank Sinatra and Bing Cosby. And I remember watching it, um, and I remember when the Frank Sinatra uh, rooster uh, started singing and everything, you saw, of course, all the hens start to react as, you know, characterizations of how a lot of women at that time acted towards a young Frank Sinatra and such. Uh, basically, basically uh, to get to the point, you know, He's singing and is doing like another. It's doing like his second song that he's singing. All the girls start to just, you know, overreact, you know, in their passing out and their fainting and all that. And one of the hens ends up, you know, you know she's she's a she's a black she's a black and brown hen, and she ends up just you know when she hears it she leans back, says his name says Frankie. And literally melts into a quivering puddle of black goop, and that's all. All that remains on top is a little um, frill, or a frill, if you will, a little red frill, and that's it. And she's just quivering and everything. Like let's say she's a an egg that just got boiled and everything, and the and the frill, you know, is kind of representing of the of the yolk. So I'm so ironically, that was like the second time I saw it. That was the second time I saw it. Uh, in the cart in a cartoon, um, almost I would say a month or so after the after Palais Vous Vous, uh, you know, did it. So that was like the you know second time. And then I remember there was another you know Mil uh, Looney Tunes Merry Melody short that came out with this alien, who was just bored and he wanted excitement. He wanted something. And you see this one female alien flirt with him, and he just blows her off, and she literally just melts right into a puddle of goop, where basically, you know, you know, she melts down, you know, and her eyelashes just go on top of her eyes, and, you know, that's the last you see of her, until it's hinted at that, oh, this male alien just realized, hey, this girl actually likes me, I'm going to go back and, you know, you know, take her up on her offer, and essentially maybe have to reform her if she still uh, remains as a puddle or something. But yeah, I remember. I remember a lot of those um, an, uh, those animated shorts, uh, you know, having that and everything. And then, of course, you know, we fast forward to like the '90s and everything, and all of a sudden here you have Tiny Toon Adventures, and then later on Animaniacs uh, utilizing it um, as well. And I was like, oh, this. Because I, 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 mean, I was like, oh, wait a minute, are, are they using what I think they are? Because up to that time, up to that time, as far as I knew, there was not one single, there was not one single um, um, animated cartoon that I was watching that had any of that. You know, none of them had that. None of them had any of that. And I just remember watching Tiny Toon 
uh, Tiny Toons Adventures, and I saw it with the loony beginning with Busta, you know, melting at the kiss by at being kissed by Babs, who was cosplaying as Jessica Rabbit. But then I really remember it happening more so with Europe in 30 Minutes, when uh, Babs basically, and this is another clip I have uh, on here, and it's kind of compiled together. Uh, where Babs basically runs after the royal couple after they walk by, and this is, and this was a, a an episode that was done while Princess Diana was still alive, and and everything. And Babs, she just follows after the royal couple, you know, says her line of "Ah, royalty," and then literally you just see this uh, transition of her just start to melt into a pink puddle. And what's crazy about it is. This was the first time I'd ever seen a character after they melted into a puddle completely. You know, no facial reactions, nothing, you know, like that. Um, this is the first time that I remember that they remained that way until after, you know, a certain moment. And the certain moment was basically after she melted. Here you have Buster, Plucky, and Hampton running after the royal couple themselves. And they run right through Babs, you know... Literally, they run right through Babs and they splash her, you know, little bits of her across, you know, across the hallway. And it isn't until they're out of sight that she finally pops up and reforms and follows after them. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's kind of a first, because here you see them literally stepping in her and splashing her among all the all all bits of the of the hallway, if you will. And people might say, well, of course they did, of course they were going to do that. She's She's just a puddle now. She's just nothing but a puddle that's meant to be stepped in. And you'd be right, but again, to me, that was like the first time I'd ever seen that. It was the first time I'd ever seen that uh, occur in any any kind of uh, cartoon or cartoon or you know series, shorts, whatever, uh, with the characters. First time I ever seen that. And then of course you had, you know, you had Plucky, you know, in the Acme Bowl. Where literally you had the uh, character Roderick Rat have to scoop him up because all he was was a green puddle, you know, in a hot tub. But then later on you see him as a green puddle with eyes, you know, just floating about. And Roderick has to scoop him up and just dump him down, uh, dump him down to reform him. And his reaction is like, "What? Where? Where? What? Why? You know, because he's just coming too. He's just he was just totally out of it." And that was one thing that I talked about in a, in a video too. When I talked about the variations of the lustful melt, like you know, you know what, you know, like what variations occur about it, or, or not occur, but you know, are utilized sometimes to get more like a laugh or whatever. And you know, I just I remember that happening, you know, to Plucky, and then later on it happened to another character, and we all know who that is, and I'll get to her in a moment. But then throughout, we see it happen to him, you know, in the Pluck Tracy. Uh, fantasy uh, that he's dreaming about um, and everything, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, rem well, he does remain that way, but it takes the Matahara to open a trap door for him to re uh, reform because literally she's, in, in the Plug Tracy thing, as she's opening up the trap door, he literally is, he's, he's a puddle and everything with a big smile and eyes and everything on it, and, the, you know, he just falls right through, and that's how he reforms. Uh, the other time, uh, the other Lustful Melt that I know of, probably the last one, of course, was uh, Babs, and it's a wonderful Tiny Toon Christmas after Buster uh, kisses her, and she melts right through her clothes, and all that remains, is, you know, of her is her eyes that fall down on top of her uh, clothes and the puddle that she's become. So, 
you know, so knowing, so seeing that Tiny Toons had brought it back, obviously you knew that any other series that was going to follow suit in the same tone was probably going to do it too. And Animaniacs did not disappoint. They did not. I mean, we see it in Space Probe with, with Dot. I mean, literally Dot, you know, she's wearing this helmet and she's getting her thoughts projected on a screen. And we see, I guess, pictures, you know, or visually, visually pictures, I guess I would assume Mel Gibson, you know, in, in one thought. She literally starts waving her hands, sighs a little bit and melts literally, you know, on the chair to where she becomes a melted puddle of white. And all that remains is her ears and her flower, her little uh, flower pin, if you will, that she wears and, uh, uh, on the puddle. And her ears, like like I said, after she melts, they just flop down, her flower's still up there. And then the helmet that she was wearing just comes crashing down on top of her. And the alien's reaction when they, you know, go over and they lift up the helmet, they're like, uh, what, did, what happened? You know, did we kill her? Because literally, if you, if you pause it, if you watch the uh, the scene in slow motion, you know, you pause it and everything. They just have this look on their face like, what? What happened? They're lifting it up. And all they see is they're lifting it up. It's just a melted puddle uh, of dot with just her ears and a little flower remaining before she reforms. Then, of course, we saw them do it. Saw her and her brothers do it out of boredom um, in the anime, in the animator, animator's alley segments that they did in one uh, throughout one episode. Uh, but then, of course, you have Minerva Mink. Minerva Mink did it not once, but she did it twice. Um, the first time, which was actually in what was supposedly, originally supposed to be a second appearance, second solo cartoon, but was actually her first one, Moon Over Minerva. Uh, we see Wilford do it, of course. The nerdy wolf, who's a, the nerdy wolf who's actually a werewolf and becomes a Fabio-like uh, uh, persona at night. You know, we see him do it, and when we see him do it, you're thinking, okay, he's melted, you know, and all that remains on top of him is his glasses, right? Because he's now all gray and blue. But instead, you see him, you know, as a melted puddle, but you still see his head sticking up and everything, and he's still able to speak. And, he's ba and, and the thing he says is, you know, he can't feel his legs. But then when Minerva does it, around the second time he, uh, the second time she sees his Fabio Alterigo, not realizing it is Wilford, uh, the very person she did it to, uh, or basically she caused uh, to go through the gag, you know, the second time she sees him in his Fabio Alterior, um, she does the, she act, you know, she sees him, she goes, Yahoo, my man, stands up straight, and then literally melts down into a puddle. But the big difference between the two is that this time around, you know, she's not talking, she's literally you know, completely melted. She's just like, you know, Plucky was uh, in the Acme Bowl and everything when he did it, you know, after being fonded by um, that female duck, uh, Margo, I think that's her name, Margo. I had to think about that for a second. Uh, Margo Duck. And, you know, like I said, Roderick had to scoop him up and dump him out, you know, in a cup, you know, to reform him. Well, Minerva was basically the same way here. Literally, the because again, the difference between when M Wilford did it earlier in the cartoon and she doing it, Wilford was still able to talk and say, I can't feel my legs. Here, she does it, and literally, she melts down completely to the point that I've constantly joked about it. You know, I've kind of like constantly joked about it, that all Wilford had to do, you know, after she melted is just walk off, 
go get some dinner, take in a show, come back about maybe two, three hours later uh, to the exact spot where she, where she melted, and, then, and she would still be there. She would still be there as a melted puddle. That's how, how, far, she was, how far gone she was uh, after she melted. Because it took Wilford picking her up like a wet towel and wringing her out, you know, as such, you know, just to reform her. You know, it, he literally had to do that. He literally had to do that. And again, I, what I like about those kind of situations is you know that the animators are doing that. You know the scriptwriters are doing that because they want to get a big laugh. They want to get people's you know, reaction out of it in a big way because it's like, oh, it's like, okay, what do they do next? It's like, what, what is the person going to do next? And then next thing you know, the person has to, you see the other character have to, you know, do what, like I said, do what Wilford did, and that's ring her out. Now, the second time she does it, of course, is in Meet Minerva, which was originally supposed to be the first one, and she does it literally by melting through the arms of her best friend's cousin, and what's unique about her melting through his his hands, literally, or through his arms, literally, is she doesn't just melt through, like, okay, he's holding her, and she just goes, you know, like, straight through in the middle, and, and becomes a puddle, no. She literally just leans back, sighs, and the next thing you know, she's melting, but she's melting and breaking in half. She's melting, like, down on one side this way and down, to, down on the other side this way, and they just meet together into one puddle that she actually does reform from. But she melts down into a puddle, eyes closed and everything, for about a few seconds. Then she reforms as an obnoxious, bo- as a, as an obnoxious boat horn, and then after that, she basically reforms back into herself, but with multiple heads sticking out and everything to check the guy out. So, so yeah, she did it twice in the show. She even did it, I think, maybe once or twice in the comics. Like, she's shopping in a mall, and she sees a guy that's almost identical in, de- in design to the uh, Trudy's cousin character in Meet Minerva. Uh, but literally, she... Uh, literally, she um, sees this uh, cashier guy that's trying to close up the shop and everything, and she she goes into a wild take to her antics and everything, and then literally she the net one of the next panels you see is her melted, not completely, but you just see her melted with her head sticking out, and she's like, "Who is it hot in here, or is it just you?" You know, so you she's done it in the comics too about once or twice, I think, maybe a couple more couple more times that I, I can't really think of except for that one except for that one issue. Um, but, you know, she wasn't the only, but she's not the only, uh, character out there, because I found out as time went on, you know, other shows have done it too. Other shows have done it too, even up into the early to late 2000s, in in even the early to late 2010s. There have been a lot of shows that have done that. Uh, Kaplan Flamingo with Elizabeth, you know, they did it. Um, Groove High in the animated segments. You know, with Zoe, Zoe, they did it there. Um, I think the what is it, the Amazon show, or what is it? The it's not well, it's not a show based on Amazon, but it's, based, it's a, a show named after Amazon or something, where a character named Patricia she does it, and everything. Um, uh, you know, there's just a, a lot more. I think. Oh, uh, there's a, an anime where what the main character she gets kissed on the on the forehead by a girl she likes. And she literally melts into a gooey puddle of, of slime. And she's basically acknowledged as Yusagu, if you will. You know, so she's done it there. Um, 
yeah, there's been there's been just a lot of prime examples and everything of this gag being around even to this day. And to me, when I look back on it, I you know, like anybody, you know, I even wonder myself, you know, like what is it that made me a fan? And I think what made me a fan of it is the silliness of it. Because you know that legitimately in real life, that cannot happen. I mean, in real life, you could have a girl or a man or whatever acknowledge that they feel that way, but it doesn't happen. Now, with technology nowadays, there's no doubt that if you wanted to uh, visually have that done in a show, it can be done. There's no doubt, you know, with the technology we have, you know, available nowadays, you know, there's no doubt it could, it could be, uh, it could be done. I'm not, I'm not denying that. Uh, but I think it's just because of the silliness of it. I, I really do. As a matter of fact, I remember back as a kid, you know, when I first saw Minerva do it in Moon Over Minerva, everybody in my fam, every uh, cousin in my family, at least the cousins I grew up with, we we all liked watching Animaniacs, and I I remember sometimes we would talk about the latest episodes, and we talked about this one, and we all basically demonstrated how she did it. And it's like, you know. I, I, and I don't know why, but I think it's because we like the silliness of it. Like, you know, we, we look back, on, we were, because we would reminisce of the episode, me and my cousins, my two female cousins, we would reminisce about it, you know, and, you know, we would, like I said, we demonstrate a couple of times how she did it. And it's like, I think, I think the, the reason it stuck to us, you know, especially that moment is because we go back and we look at how, of, of Wilford doing it. But he was still able to communicate. She does it, and she literally completely melts, and she has to be picked up, you know, and wrung out and everything. So, I, I think, I think it's the silliness of knowing that she, that the only way she was going to reform is through those kind of methods. And I think that's why, you know, it stuck with us even when we were talking about it after it aired, you know. So, you know, it's stuff like that uh, that you know I think makes me a fan. It's just the overall silliness. You know, and the visualization of knowing that it's not something that could happen in real life. You you know that. There's, there's no doubt that you know it cannot happen in real life. Now, I can't say whether or not that the gag's going to make a return in Tiny Toon Luniversity. I don't know if it's going to make a return in that. It might. It might be. I mean, out of the two revival shows, Animaniacs, the, revi- the revival that it had, the soft continuation, if you will, and Tiny Toon University, I don't know which of the two is going to have, you know, the gag in- implemented, um, you know, as you know, as as a gag, you know, for its silliness, um, you know, with what with uh, it, with any character, I can't say, you know, if it's going to happen at the start in the first couple of episodes of Tiny Toon University, if if it's going to be saved for later on or not happen at all, I don't know if it happened in anime in the uh, new Animaniacs, I don't know. Um, I, I can't say that it did. It doesn't seem like it did. Because if it did, there's no doubt that someone would have added it in on TV Tropes. There's no doubt. But I don't know. I don't know if it did on it or anything like, you know, like that, you know, like, you know, like it happening. I don't know if anything like it happening. Um, I, I can, I can say this. I know I'm not the only fan of this gag. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that are fans of it because of its silliness. And they like implementing it in a lot of the stories. There's a lot of stories out there that I'm a fan of, that I've read, you know, where it's implemented. 
one of the story series that I like to review, and I still got to do another review of the latest shift that came out uh, recently. Uh, excuse me. Now. But I know that Michelle, aka Dizzy Arts or Desi Arts, that's D E Z Z I E Arts. Uh, I know that she has implemented it several times in the Metamorphosis to Malleability series. I know she's implemented it, excuse me, several times in her uh, yearly annual Melty Mii series. So I know she's capable of doing it. I know she even implemented it in the uh, Becoming Unlimited series and stuff. Um, so I know she's capable of you know putting it in there if she feels like it. I know Mr. Internet Man has done it on several, several occasions with his Mystic Makeover web comics or one shots or whatever or collabs like he just did recently with uh, uh, Nextat and he's done even with Trouble TRO. So I so I know I know there are people like them that obviously are fans of the trope, you know, because of its silliness, that will add it in, that will incorporate it into the story when they feel like it, you know, is necessary. And in recent examples, like I said, with Nextat, um, I think, you know, recently with Metamorphosis to Malleability, about a month ago or so, you know, we know it, we know that these people are fans of it as well because, you know, like I said, recently over the past week with the Unconventional 2 series and then, of course, like I said, with Metamorphosis to Malleability within the past month or so, we've seen, I've seen, you know, uh, the people behind these stories, you know, added in to the story because they they themselves are fans, you know, of its silliness, and they want to see, you know, and they want to probably see how others will react to it being incorporated into the story in some uh, capacity or, or so. I mean, going back to Mr. Internet Man, he did a co he did some uh, somewhat of a crossover uh, web comic called Walk in the Wild Side. Featuring Minor Dash Alterations character Ruby Walker. And uh, Minor Dash Alterations did the Demonica series. And it's implied in the Demonica series that Ruby um, not only gets introduced to these powers. Or you know what Demonica is capable of doing not just by herself but with others. It's pretty much incorporated into her character that Ruby loves the melting part. She loves just melting into a puddle of goop and relaxing and acting like she doesn't exist anymore. You know, just having the world go away because, hey, she doesn't have to bother with the world because she's nothing but a puddle. So, uh, he, so he did that recently with, the, so he did that about a year or so ago with the Walk on the Wild Side collab crossover where basically, um, Demonica used her power to turn both her and Ruby into slime girls, melt them down into a puddle of goop, basically flow over each other twirl around together, and then, as an end result, you know, fuse together into a blankless, uh, blankless, faceless uh, individual who only cared about, you know, what the body, what the powers were capable of, you know, allowing her body to do and everything. And that the last remaining image we see is of the fused being that they become just, you know, laying flat on the bed, you know, as a big, like like a little pool of black oil or black water, if you will. But yeah, I, I know I sounded like I was going a little off a little bit in that ramble in that little bit of a rambling as it sounded like. I do apologize. Uh but anyway, you could tell that, you know, Mr. Internet Man, you could tell that Next Stat, Trouble T R O, 
Jovin 16 and others are fans of the trope. Even Gummy Rider is a fan of the trope because, you know, what they implement. Roger da Rod da Rod Dash Roger is a fan of the trope. Uh, RB Comics, RB Comics, I believe, is a fan of the trope. You know, and and again, I the reason I believe they're a fan is just like me is because of its silliness. It's silliness and wondering, okay, how would people react to when it's incorporated? If you if you know what I mean. But yeah, you know, for me, I've been a fan since I've been a kid, since I've been about six six years old at least. Um, so that's basically going. I'm going to be what like, when am I going to be like 44 this year? Wow, it's unbelievable. 44. So I've been a fan for almost 40 years, <laughs> believe it or not. 38 years actually. I've been a fan, and again, it's just, I, I, to me, it's the appealness of, of its silliness that I think attracts me to being a fan of it and wanting to see more of it incorporated in mainstream media. Again, I don't know if it happened in Animania in the new revived Animaniacs. I don't know if it's going to happen in the Tiny Toon University series. I don't know. I don't know if it's happened in other shows that I may not know of that are not listed. Maybe you guys can help me out on that. But yeah, you know, for the past 38 years to 40 years, I've been a fan of it. And again, I'm, I know I'm not alone in it because those that I've mentioned are fans of it too because the appealness of it is its silliness and seeing exactly when it's going to be incorporated and how it will be incorporated and stuff uh, in the story. So I hope we do see more of the, the Lustful Male gag trope, if you will, in the future. Uh, let me know, guys, if there is any shows out there that are not listed at TV Tropes that have had this moment uh, occur, you know, in the seri in those series or, or something. You know, let me know down below in, in the live chat. Um, also, do you think we might see it incorporated? You know, in Tiny Toon University, and was it? And let me know if it was incorporated in the new Animaniacs. I'd love to hear from you guys on that. Um, also, let me know when you guys became a fan of it. If you did, you know, what were your thoughts on when you first saw it, and if you became a fan of it instantly when you saw it on more than one occasion? Let me know in the comments as well as in the live chat during the premiere. Like the video. Click on the Teespring store in the upper left-hand corner to check out the Teespring merchandise that I have there. Uh, also, you will get an audio podcast version of this at B.W. Rosas Discussions Podcast. That's B.W. Rosas Discussions uh, at all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. You will also, uh, uh, not also, but you could also, I should say, support me over at DeviantArt at BVW1979 where you can find some of these stories that I mentioned like Metamorphosized Malability and some of the Mr. Internet Man, Demonica comics and everything. Um, and see exactly what I'm talking about with about them incorporating uh, the gag, the trope into their stories. You can check those out there. Also, support me over at Vimo at BW Roses for content you can't get here on YouTube. Also, check me out and support me at Venmo and Cash App. Venmo at Brian Dash Walmer Dash Two and Cash App at BW Roses ninety eight to support me there and at Patreon.com at BW Roses. You know, for the $1 or $3 tier. But guys, let me know down below what your thoughts are. When did you first become a fan of it? If you did, when did you first see it? Exactly. Let me know if there's any shows and stuff out there that may have may have it or may have incorporated recently that we may not know of that are not listed at TV Tropes. Let me know in the comments and in the live chat. As well as also, also again, let me know if it was in the new Animaniacs series that I may not be aware of. 
Also, let me know uh, if you think it will be in Tiny Toon University uh, when that officially debuts this year. But guys, until next time, I will talk to you later. Take care.